Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. Welcome back to Weeks of Fantasy Footy Down, but oh. Man, in these two weeks, so much has happened. There is plenty to discuss on this midweek trade and strategy podcast. I've got Kane back. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well, MJ. It's nice. Very important to be the most important salary cap week of the year. Oh, especially for Dream Team and Supercoach, where as yet, prices have not adjusted. Break-evens are very, very relevant. And we'll talk about what we're going to do with some of those big break-evens, both negative and ones that are nearing the 300 territory depending on the format that you play also got on this episode i got rids hello mate how you doing buddy hey mate how you going i'm, I'm doing about as well as Braden campbell is right now which is i'm feeling pretty happy about how life is treating me right now all right let's jump into this episode but before we do a massive thank you to some of our patreons if you want to join our supporter group you can do that at coachespanel.tv some of the brand new premium patreon supporters that have just joined us butters has just joined matthew slater sarah whitehouse and matt yeah just matt one word like madonna matt welcome to the patreon supporter group thank you so much for doing that and boys, we've already alluded to it in this episode, but there is some big decisions that coaches have to make. They feel a little bigger in Dream Team and Super Coach. And I think maybe that's because AFL Fantasy have already had two price cycle changes. But Kane, that's what makes this week, and depending on the format you play, if you play multiple, such a critical week because Dream Team and Super Coach are about to change. But AFL Fantasy, you could already have 100,000 dollar variable based on how the game's been going yeah it's a big week mj it's a week that i know a lot of people stress two trades almost regardless of what they've got going on with their side it takes a pretty unique team to not have to trade at all in Mm. this week and um it's also a week though that does have a lot of risk for a lot of people because we've we've got a little bit of data we've got two games worth but it's funny when it's this period and we're about to get price movements people extrapolate these scores out across the whole year, whether they be good, you know, yeah. we've seen some guys really jump out, especially guys that if you liked them in the preseason and you couldn't quite go there, it gets awfully tempting to bring them in. You know, mm. you want to correct that wrong that maybe you had at one point in the preseason. Let's not kid around. We've all pretty much had every player in our sides at one point during the preseason. <laughs> so we can sell ourselves that narrative, but then also on the flip side, we've got Lockie Neal nearly staring at a 300 break even. Yeah. It becomes pretty appetizing for a lot of coaches to move that on, redistribute that cash, and maybe you think bolster your side. And I think that's where the talking point obviously lies, isn't it? Is what's the value of a trade and what's real? What can we foreshadow these players doing from now on? You've missed those points, whether they be good or bad. How are you going to use these two trades you've got this week to set yourself up for you know the next 21 rounds we've got? 21. That is a lot of time to make things work out the way you want. Yeah, for better or for worse. And and, and Rids, before we get into the details of, you know, Kane's already mentioned a Lockie Neal and Patrick Cripps is a little underwhelming for those that own him. Maybe you've got an injury impacted player out like a Caldwell or a Fife who are highly owned across a number of the different formats. I think it's an important distinctive to come right out of the gate and talk about this episode. 
that we can't just treat each format the same. No, exactly. 100% accurate, mate. And, but what we tend to do is, it's only human nature, is it not? We, <laughs> we like a certain player. So we think, oh, well, he's going to have a great year, so I'll pick him across all three formats. Instead, what happens is when they don't perform for that week or there's a point where you've got to make a decision whether to hold or trade, we end up taking the same approach for all three again. Mm. And so it's like you're almost putting yourself under pressure to trade across the board or to hold across the board because that's the decision you want. But the problem is with that is we got three really different formats here. So sometimes that conversation should be more independent per format. So super coach. And I mean, you just mentioned Lockie Neal. We know he's an absolute super coach beast. Okay. Mm. When this guy's on, he's got as, Bigger ceiling as anyone in the game. He's had a couple of rough weeks. We know mm. that. So, but I mean, how does that impact outside of dropping money this week? How does that impact what you think he's still capable of scoring across the year in Supercoach? Dream Team, however, you may have chosen him across all three. Dream mm. Team, he's scoring. He's not as big a DT midfield Dream Team beast as he is a super coach beast Mm. so that should mean that you should be really confident on holding him in super coach but then you may end up deciding because there is better options available that are now you know you've got a couple of weeks of you in a tom mitchell or whoever it is and you go well you know what he's around the same price i can cash it in and he's probably got a better ceiling than dream team so it's got to be an independent to format decision in that instance. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's some re- really good advice in terms of even if the scoring format is the same in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, it, it's a world's apart of how the strategy plays. So don't come in with a one-size-fits-all approach. Regardless of if the formats score the same, you've got to treat every format different. Let's talk about Lockie Neal because he's the elephant in the room for owners even the most pro Lockie Neal coach. And I know Kane, you are a super coach owner of Lockie Neal. You've had moments probably throughout the week where you're like, that's it. He's gone. I'm trading him out. and I'm going to get two other premiums. And then other moments I'm sure in the week where you've gone, he's a beast. I'm just going to back him in. Talk me through rather than the why you might keep him. Talk me through what's the mindset of if he was to be traded, let's purely focus on super coach. What's the thought process that's sound and reason to give you that confidence to move him on? Well, I think MJ's distribution of cash. I don't think people think Lockie Neal is going to average, you know, even under 110 for the year. I think people know that this is a guy that's still a very, very good premium. Um, Top eight seems way under, especially when you look at his history. Mm. Um, The appeal is you take Lockie Neal, you take someone else, we'll pluck a name, whether it's Tom Green, who you also had or didn't get picked last week, sure. whether he comes in or not, sort of besides the point. Now, all of a sudden, you've got over a million dollars without even considering people's bank account to redistribute. You start thinking of guys that you can do with a million dollars between. You start thinking, I could get a Butters and a Brayshaw. I could get a Butters and a Ridley. You know, mm. all these Jaden Short, all these guys that you think, Hey, in their line, they're top six in the forward or back line. They're 
pushing top eight in the midfield. And all of a sudden you think, I've got a rookie or a young guy in a Tom Green, Jordan Clark, Hayden Young, you know, all these type of guys in that 200K bracket, Paddy Dow. Mm. And you start going, I've got two who I consider keepers. I've got um, a guy that in current form isn't really matching them anyway in Lockie Neal, who's 200K more. And week to week, you know, you can make an argument there that you're comfortably getting 200 points a week with, let's just say, um, a Butters and a Brayshaw. I think you could, people sure. would say, if I'm doing that trade, I think I'm getting 210 points, 220 points a week, potentially. Lockie Neal's giving me 80. You know, Paddy Dow's giving me 50. Mm. Like, I can, I can get this big points jump by doing that. Now, people extrapolate that out, even if we just say it's a small margin. Let's just say sure. it's 20 points a week, MJ, in that pairing of Neil and a, again, let's just go with Tom Green sure. and Ridley and Butters. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm 20 points a week better off. And what people do is they go, there's 21 weeks left. It's this many points. Now, where that logic hmm. falls down awfully quickly is you've got Lockie Neal paired with a rookie. That rookie was only got team six weeks, maybe. So you can't yeah. times the 20 by 21. You have to times the 20 by six or seven. And that's where when I look at my team and I do that math equation, I'm saying if things go well, I'm 20 to 30 points off a week better with maybe the pairings that I could come up with for my team. Yeah. But it's only over a six-week period. So I'm talking about 120 to 180 points better off for the expense of two trades. Yeah. Now, if Lockie Neal goes back to what Ridge says, Lockie Neal has shown that he does, and he's a 130, mm. and you know, a Paddy Dow's a 50, 60, or even if you've got another rookie, which we've been really blessed with rookies this year, all of a sudden he could easily better that combination that you've just spent two trades trading to. And now in a couple of weeks' time, and Lockie Neal's back to his best and he's 650K again. You've got to find another trades worth to extract that extra 150K to get him back. So I think yeah. that's where the logic falls away pretty quick is unless you are so confident with the two that you're bringing in mm. and they present value that probably has to be 10 to 15 points under what they're priced at. If we look at a Butters, he's priced at 88. If you think he's a 105 going super coach, maybe it's worth it. Mm. You know, Brayshaw's in that low 100 bracket. If he's going to be a 120, maybe it's worth it. But as I said, that equation that you think you're coming out 20 to 30 points a week better off hmm. can flip in an instance if Lockie Neal goes back to Lockie Neal and I haven't even factored in the captaincy. Yeah. So that's where for me, it falls down quickly. Now the caveat is the injury. If the injury is real, if he's restricted, um, it is scary because the drop in price is going to be astronomical this week if he puts up another sub ton and you are really you are really locked in at that point you're not going to be moving him unless he's literally missing two three so on weeks so that's where for me it sounds super exciting getting this new fun pairing that you see averaging 130 after two weeks Mm. but we've got to look forward we've got to look forward and build our team and and it's locking Neil. yeah i think that's a good point rids talk me through um because i think kane brings up a, a really great point of one of the reasons you might choose to move on at a Neil could be this injury concern. Again, Fagan's 
downplayed it as a good coach should do downplay in media speculation or how serious the injury is. Cripps has had a similar one. So maybe while at a different price point, there's some parallels we can look at for those players. Is the injury as the motivation for trading enough of a motivation and a real one, not just, I'm going to say this so no one attacks me, but if the injury is the reason for trading Neil or a Crips, is that a little more justified, even if they're named in play? Or is it just purely, you picked them two weeks ago, they've had a couple of bad weeks, this happens with premiums and you've got to back it in. Where do you take on this for me, Ritz? So, is the, you've got to trust, don't you? You've got to work out, do I trust what is being told to me? Mm. So if you're watching the game and you think, oh, wow, Neil's not getting across the ground, he's like he's limping, he's not getting in the blah, 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 then I would say, yes, you've got to back whether you hear these rumours and everything else. But anyone has a poor game these days, hmm. guess what? The first thing they're going to say is, oh, they're playing sore, oh, there's a slight injury, oh, they're... Guess what, MJ? Everyone's playing sore in the AFL. It's not yeah. an easy game to play. Every week, man. Like, And they've got continual rotations. They've now extended quarters. They've got quicker games. They've got new rules. It's going to take a bit of adjustment. So mm. I don't think it's... This sounds to me like a lot of rumour mill, a lot of <laughs> Twitter, a lot of social networks, a lot of people making excuses when... The reality of the situation is if he's injured and it's affected his game, Fagan's got no interest in playing in this week and it's going to affect his whole season, sure. Mm. So we just got to take it at face value. Like, I wouldn't think that's any reason to trade Lockie Neal this week. I just want to highlight a couple of things. Now, Kane's 100% accurate with what he just said. And I'm just going to throw some ideas at people. Cool. If I asked you the question, you're, you got you own Lockie Neal in Supercoach, and you say, oh, okay, I own him, what do I do? What do you think he's going to average for the year? Now, I'm talking for the whole year. Is it 120? And if you think you're absolutely comfortable with that, Guess what? He's had his two bad scores out of the mm-hmm. way now and you own them. So you're now trading him. If he's going to average 120 and meet your expectations, he's going to have to average nearly 125 for the rest of the games to average 120 for the year. Mm. There's going to be bad games in a season. That happens, yeah? Yeah. Now, you picked Lockie Neal as a set and forget option after all that preseason you just did. Yeah. Whatever it's worth, that's what you did. That's the decision you came to. Yeah, right or wrong, that's where you are. That's where you're at. Why would you change a set and for set mindset after two poor games when you absolutely sold yourself that this guy is going to be the guy set and forget for the whole season? Mm. If, if that's the go, you start picking for a reason to hold him for the whole season and maximise the points across every four round of the season. Not the first two rounds, and if there was a poor one, you're going to trade him out to something else. Otherwise, you would have chosen those two premium options and didn't pick Neil. Mm. So you picked him for that reason. That's the whole idea of it. If you picked Gordon and Grundy in the rucks right now, would you go trading them? 
No, because <laughs> the idea of this is set and forget. Same thing with Neil, same thing with Lloyd, same thing with these guys that have got that history, that feeling, that captaincy option and so on and so forth. You've got to be wise about this. I know that sometimes it's not what you want. <laughs> sometimes life sucks, yeah? Like, I mean, just suck it up. Like, this guy's not going to be that putrid for the whole year. He's not going to average 75 in Supercoach for the year, Enzo. No way. no way. I'll give you a little secret. He's averaging three figures in Supercoach for the rest and of the year. And the other thing, MJ, is as well, you know everyone that doesn't have Neil is absolutely queuing up for this guy. It's not yes. like the Three players that don't away. have him are going, well, he's not in my upgrade plans. <laughs> like, you have to just say, I know you've copped bad scores the yeah. first two weeks. You might have even had the captaincy on him week one. Yeah. Like a lot of us did. And as Rid said, in the scheme of the whole season, you've copped two bad scores. I'm thinking That's back it. a couple of years when Tom Mitchell had his second season at the Hawks. He went 150, 150. Everyone was jumping on and he went 80, 80. Yeah. People were absolutely gutted. And then what did he do after that? He went back to his old ways of totally. just pumping out tons. So Brisbane has lost two games. Yep. Lockie Neal's had, and for Lockie, two very quiet starts to the game. Yeah. As Which is very unlike him. It, very unlike him. You look at last year, he was getting 50 point first quarters and he was on his way. Now, when the game was on the line in the fourth quarter, and this is what Rids is saying about, is he playing hurt? Is he just going through the motions? His best quarter of the game was when they were fighting to win it in the fourth. He got yeah. half of his score in, the, in last. the fourth. Now, you imagine, MJ, if there's a moment in that game, in that last quarter, that he tips the result in the favour of the Lions and they win, knowing how scaling works in this game that he is highly successful in. That's a 90 you know, yep. that's the type of margins we're talking about. This is, a, in my opinion, a really good Brisbane side. Again, I yeah. still have no dramas. They've played a red-hot Sydney. And let's be honest, they were robbed of a win against Geelong with that Yeah, they were a, a poor umpire call for so, win. Yeah. Really, they're still the team I think most of us think they are. They're fighting yep. for top four. Yep. Now, did they have a lot of opportunities last year with the home field advantage that might have tipped Lockie Neal? But as sure. we said... You knew that before. You've made yeah. this decision. You could have had the two premiums, but yep. you went for the top shelf. Yes, and obviously, you, you know, probably a mid-price to offset that. You made that decision. And that's why I say, do you really want to spend two trades to end up in potentially a worse position? Because unfortunately, people have Because at least that. if you're doing it, it's not yeah. playing to a playing rookie, you're going to get some cash. So I yeah. think that's, and again, happened last year, MJ. We talked about this exact scenario. Do I want to trade a premium ruck to Mark Pitten it. People did oh, it last story's year. Yeah. similar. I can redistribute the cash. And then what happens? It reverts to the norm. In Pitnett's case, it was, he's not a great player. In Lockie Neal's <laughs> case, he's probably going to go back to being Lockie Neal. So yeah. as I said, you've copped it. And just think, it's really, it's really annoying, yep. but it's done. It's not going to change anything. And again, if you've got a mate that doesn't have him and you ask them, are you eyeing off Lucky Neal if he, you know, drops to 600K in Supercoach? The answer is yes. They'll say yes. Every... And because they're looking at him, they're going, geez, he's moving around fine. Bit of this, couple, you know, Brisbane are winless. Yeah. Again, I think we all know that there's scores in there. It just is a shame that these poor scores have happened in round one and two yep. and not round eight and nine when maybe he was averaging 130 before those games. So, um, again, unless an injury comes out and he says, you know, is it laid out? Sure. 
Well, that, now, that changes the story. It might be made for you, but we don't know that at this stage. No, and I think that's a really interesting point. There, I, I would not be surprised, and we saw this in part with a Brody Grundy last week. The media narrative and the fantasy footy narrative is he's not going to be this, he's not worth that big contract. It's a very negative media mindset. You you cannot tell me that Bucks and Brody didn't use that as fuel in the fire to get the best out of him. And we saw a really great game from Brody, albeit not against the greatest of opposition, but we saw him fired. You cannot tell me that Brisbane are not going to be prepared for any defensive tactic that Collingwood try to throw to him. They will not be surprised again by a potential tag. They will look to involve him in the game if he does go ahead and play as he's named. So in my opinion, I'd actually think you're right. I think if you're a Neil owner in Supercoach, just back that in. In AFL Fantasy, he's already leaking cash for you, like a lot of cash. It's just um, not worth the trade. It's not worth the trade. MJ to take to deviate, in my opinion, at this stage. No, I, I agree. I think if yeah, you're a Neil owner, trades, hold. But Rids, I'm, I'm curious. Let's pivot away from a format. Now, this guy is Supercoach relevant, but historically he's been more dream team in AFL Fantasy. Andrew Gaff. Is it the same mindset and reasoning of Gaff and Nealov? He's a premium. He'll be right. He'll bounce back. He'll get there. Is it the same thought process and for that reason hold? Or is there something different about Andrew Gaff? Okay. There's a couple of little differences in this post. So if people are watching the games, and this is really, really important, you can actually see a locking Neal. There were signs of a locking Neal finding the ball, finding the contested doing this, doing that, getting clearances, so on and so forth late in that game. Andrew Gav, and I don't know if anyone else really paid much attention to this, he got lost. He, I think he's absolutely lost with the way the ball's been moved, with the mm. way the new rules work. I don't think he really demands the ball. He's, he's not exactly expressed. He's more of a gut-running outside type. He's not expressed quick. Mm. He doesn't have that. He's not that 80-meter type player who gets the ball, runs for 20 and boots at 60, you know? He's not really suited to the way the game is being played at this point in time. So I would actually say to people, is he... Now, Lockie Neal discussion, and I've got a reference both here, okay? Lockie Neal is a top two, top three super coach option in the midfield yeah when fit no doubt can anyone say andrew gaff is an absolute guaranteed top two or three midfield option across any format i don't think that i think he's a top 10 sure. option across the formats yep but not a top two or three he shouldn't be a captaincy option ever he's a vice captain loophole option but he's not a captaincy option. I hope that makes sense. To yeah, yeah, you're talking about getting that opportunity with the free hit, snag that 125, 130 that he'll jag three or four times in a year, generally at home, but more often than not, the standard scoring deviation is 90 to a 110. Correct. And he's not the type of player. He's had massive runs before in history, but yeah. that's with the game style that suits him. He came out publicly after round one and said, 
he was lost. He, he didn't know where he was. The ball went over his head. He wasn't quick enough to make an impact and do a correction. It's going to take him a bit of time to actually adjust to the style if he hasn't adjusted already. So yeah. I think that's absolute danger signs because there is a possibility he, he doesn't adjust. Yeah. So I think the way – and West Coast are winning games of football as well, MJ. So they're going to be very, very unlikely to change what they're doing at the moment. They're yeah. guys like Josh Kennedy who are right at the end of their careers are actually having impact. Darling's having impact. Liam Ryan's having impact. Alan, yeah. You know, they're all having impact here. Like, I don't think they're going to change their style of play for Andrew Gaff. I mm. don't think they're changing much at all so really it's going to be a indication of whether Andrew Gaff can change what he's currently doing to accommodate the new play so I think he's a trade all day and that's yeah. just my point is I don't see the end of the line like there's no light at the end of this tunnel that's absolutely confident about at this point and with a lock in Neil I do have confidence because he has that history of being in the top echelon he is that captain option he did show definite signs late in that Geelong game I agree. people were going oh wow he's diving at the ball and doing those locking the old dive collect <laughs> off the ground handballs in the same motion he was doing that in the game against Geelong yeah, yeah I, I would good. be worried sick having Gaff yeah yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Again, he's probably more AFL fantasy and dream team relevant, but we're going to talk about AFL fantasy a little bit later, but maybe we'll come to talking purely about AFL fantasy just for a moment. When you've had two price cycle drops in price with AFL fantasy, if you don't play that format, it's a weekly rolling price cycle, which means that the swings generally aren't as drastic, but they are more consistent. So you'll see guys dropping 50, 60K in a week. They could then drop 20, 30K, and then it stalls after three weeks. Whereas other formats, because of the rolling and the cumulative effect, it can be a bit more drastic. Kane, what do we do with these guys like a Gaff, Riley O'Brien, a, a Lockie Neal, that, that are pillaging cash in our AFL fantasy side where cash generation is important everywhere, but especially in AFL fantasy where it's a volatile week-to-week -week proposition. It, it, are we just moving him on, even though a gaff we've lost two cash allocations, or are we backing these premiums in a little bit more? Well, I think it is exactly what Rid said is what do you think of the premium? Is it so wrong? Because as you mentioned, you think the game styles changed. And if you look at West Coast, it's probably no surprise that the best years Gaff had, they didn't really have Nick Nat at full power. You look at mm. how direct they are now. Yeah. The amount of times it's just center square to Tim Kelly. And as we just mentioned, those four Dang. guys in the forward line. They're so airily dominant that it, it can be a more direct style, especially with the new rules now. Yeah. They don't have to chip market around. And if you look at the way that teams have played against them, the Suns and the Bulldogs both had massive patches of dominance where they were controlling the, the game. Yeah. But West Coast could have still absorbed that and counterpunch with really direct football and use those tools. And all that means for me is that it is hard for getting to get those. He only saved his score against the Suns in the last quarter with some junk time as they you know, chewed down the clock. So yeah. that's a worry. Riley O'Brien, MJ, really interests me because watching him play, he's moving around fine, but it's yeah. sort of what we mentioned in previous weeks with the Rucks. It's going over their head a lot in mm. transition. 
you know, it's getting to a point in the ground where um, it's getting knocked on over their head. That's a really common tactic now is going long down the line. And instead of people trying to mark it, Richmond's always been great at this in recent years. Keep the you know, ball someone comes and spoils it, but actually towards their own goal. Mm. And it just keeps the ball in motion and lets those smaller players go to work. And for me, it just seems like with the way Adelaide's playing, super aggressive, run and carry, and they've got the personnel to do it now with you know, mm. Scholl and Smith and all these type of guys that are really good by hands. And I've also noticed that Adelaide is just taking the kick that's there. Yeah. You know, they're just, it's that approach of if someone's in a better position, just give it first time. Don't think, okay, he's in a good position, but maybe there's someone else. Cause I've got into a lot of trouble yeah. last year. So it just seems like to me that ball movement, it's hard for Riley O'Brien to get those marks. And that's what's really fallen away. Yeah. Um, so for me, the way he's going and the sort of the signs of the game, I don't think he's going to be horrific in the first few weeks, averaging in the 50s. But yeah. in that type of game, if there's someone you like, whether it's um, maybe a wits or if you want to go somewhere else, just to you've just got to keep your squad value yeah. always ticking over. Growing. You, know, yeah. you can't... Again, unless bounce back. And maybe, if you think Rob's just had two stinkers, he's going to bounce back, sure. maybe. But, but it's just so important. Yeah, you don't want to lose that 100K because you need all the squad value you can get to keep doing the little things. It's not about getting the top six in AF. You know, if you can get to a top six, sometimes it's the right move, but more often than not in AF, it's about this is a guy that's playing 20 points over his value. Like it's more about playing that game and just slowly, week by week, brick by brick, building that team up. And that's why you look at some of the teams that are up the top of this format and you go, it doesn't look any better than my team, but they've just had the players at the right time, yeah. with the right value. And again, you have to break the mold. It is, even myself, I've had to catch myself thinking, you know, this is my DT super coach. I've played this format for 15 years. I know exactly what I want to do, how I want to build it. Yeah. And you have to look at different players in this format. So really... There's no rules in a sense. And at this time of the year in AF, I always find, unless you're going from a guy that you think is, you know, whether it's a Dugowie this week and you're going to someone that's cheaper, but at the same time, you want that boost. And that's where a Taylor Walker for mine this week, two good scores, a nice fixture coming up. You make a hundred odd K and you're also getting points and cash. I think that's the thing. Whereas in, in Supercoach and DT, we sort of do one or the other. We either take a cow or we take this is the guy for the year, whereas in AF, you're sort of in between. So I'm not sure if that answered the question, but no, no, I think that's, you've got that's to just keep helpful. building it in a in a general sense. You can't let anything really fall away, and you definitely don't want dead wood in your team. You know, I, I almost prioritize that over anything else. If there's a cow that I've got that's, you know, being dropped and on in the side, sharp, I want for to get example. another cow. Yep. Sharp, I want to get another cow in, whether it's a cow that's played two weeks, like a Braden Campbell, mm-hmm. or if you really like, um, a Lazara, or if you're going to just go straight to Devin Robinson and hope he gets in the team, you just got to be keeping ticking over. Again, the other thing about AF is the bigger price movements typically the second week. So you, yeah. there's not as much appeal going early. Um, but that's where those mid price guys we talked about last weekend, it was almost exclusive with Pod, Markov, Caldwell, Hind, Stevenson was the four conversation points. Mm. And it's amazing after one week, you know, it was the two that were the less two considered, you know, Hind and Markov that did their job again with 80s. Um, Corbulb's un- unfortunate with an injury, and Stevenson, you know, came back to earth in a tough loss. 
Yeah, and, so, and a bit of a role change too, yeah. But still, you got some cash. You know, you got, you're building in that way. So I think that's the logic that people have to go from. But Rids, what do you think? So I reckon AF is, it's targeted for a casual player, but it's the hardest format to play. It's, it's crazy because it's such a movable piece. And mm. I 100% agree, Kane. So the last thing you want to do, and this year throws a different spanner as well, and we'll talk about that in a second with the sub, is this year it's you can't afford to get stuck with people that are just sitting there doing nothing. They're not yeah, making... Correct. If you've got a rookie on the bench and he's not making you cash, why have you got a rookie on the bench type scenario? Mm. Anytime that break even gets higher than any average is that's alarm bells to me. You yeah. need to find someone with cash generation. The second thing about that is... And I mean, Harry Sharp's a perfect example, okay? Like... He's been dropped, but it doesn't necessarily, you know, years ago we used to go, ah, well, thank God that he dropped because that that means that he's not going to lose cash this week. But guess what? He could be the medical sub because it comes from the emergency. Totally. He gets on for the last 10 minutes of the game and scores you 10, and he's got a break even of 40, and you've dropped everything you just made from that cash cow. Yeah. So it's even more reason this year that, if a cow's not playing, you just got to move them on. That's got to be your highest priority, especially in that first six to eight weeks of AFL fantasy. It's oh, Kane and I were talking about this um, in the chat a couple of days ago. It just feels like you've got to tread water and just tick it over, tick it over, tick yeah. it over, build a kitty, build a kitty, and then go on the attack when there's actually options. Mm. You want to have fat cows? Yeah, you, yeah, have- is you have to let these guys just mature. You, know? you have to let your Fantasias, your Markovs do their thing. Yeah. So when you're just going from, again, I'll use the example last week. If you're going from, who was the popular trade for Stevenson last week? MJ, remind me. Oh, Dangerfield was, was often a pain. Yeah, uh, so was Dangerfield for Stevenson, you know, or something like that. If you're going to Stevenson and now you're going Stevenson to Walker, you know, you're not getting really anything to go over is again if yeah. you if you just oh, ignore a sharp and he sits on the bench as Rich said it's another person not making cash yeah next week you have anthony scott's not playing now all of a sudden you're not getting you're any two. cash ticking over whereas if you held again maybe let's pick another name maybe like a sloan mj for example. yeah let's you know, go it was okay Good week one and some people had him saying you know i can go to stevenson i'll take 100k pocket you know blah 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 yeah, but you've just spent a trade, and you've sort of ended up in the same spot. Yeah. Whereas someone might have missed James Jordan last week, and mm. maybe they had an Anthony Scott, and they went, you know what, this guy's a gun mid. Looks like he's getting the points, got the role. This guy, the other guy's playing halfback. I'll make that trade. It's only you know, it's going to cost me twenty k, but I just think you know, it's safer. Yeah. And now look at them. Yeah. They picked up another 50k this week. They've got a guy long term. Scott's probably a ticking time bomb when they finally bring back a JJ or something in that side. Yeah. It's not a fancy move. It's not a cool move to go rookie to rookie. But when you get it right, yeah, you end huge. up with your situation in six weeks where you look at your bench. They're all playing. They're all 300k plus. Yeah. And now you can start doing actual moves where you're making 130k. When you just go 
sideways to sideways to sideways. Chasing points. You're yeah. not you're not ticking it over. You really you want to log on to your team. You want to look at the list view and you want to see a lot of green. Yeah. If there's if there's red, it better be Lloyd. It hmm. better be Gorn. It better be guys that you said they've got a different role in my team. They're yeah. guys at the top of their line. They're there for the whole year regardless. Again, you just want to see those greens. Where you get into big trouble is when you miss on these guys. When you go, I'm going to take my mid-pricer to a primo, my other mid-pricer to a rookie. And all of a sudden, that mid-pricer matches your primo, which can happen in this format because cash, it does move slow, slowly. So you've just got to think, again, it doesn't have to be the, all my cash is going to get the big dog and sacrificing, you know, for instance, in that example, all the cash I can get, I'm going to 170K rookie. He's not named. I don't know if he's ever going to play. Yeah. But you have to just be always thinking, bring them in. If you can't get to the primo you want because there's no good rookies, look elsewhere. Keep yeah. building it. And eventually you'll get to that point where you can get to the real top players you want. Yeah, uh, I think it's some really good advice. If you're not sure, if you don't have the assistant coach or Sports Plus or Stats Plus or whatever the AFL Fantasy uh, equivalent is called, you can check out all the negative break-evens. We've got them uh, lined up for you across all formats, but for AFL Fantasy as well, you can go and check them out now at coachespanel.tv. And in that format, we've listed them right up till they're at the 20 marker as well. So, yep, Harry Jones, you make the article. So lucky days for you, mate, with your single-digit so, numbers. Yes, I want to just highlight here, this is the format where you go Uber premium and the mid-pricer to get two premiums. This is the format. If you're going to take that risk, do it in AFL Fantasy, as long as you have those cash generation rookies. So this is where you would trade a nil, yeah? Yeah. Trade a nil down and bring someone up. Like an Andy Brayshaw kind of thing. 100%. Like yeah. who's having a decent run if they've got a good draw coming up. This is the format to do it. But you only do that as a luxury trade if you've nailed the rookies. That's the most no, important thing, isn't on. it? That's the most yeah. important thing is what what should your trading priorities be? And I get it. I did an article at coachespanel.tv that you can go and check out with the basic premise. We look at all these guys, the Fifes, the Neils, the Caldwells. Again, he's a bit different too because he's injured. But what should your greatest trading priority be this week? making sure you've got these money makers right. If you've missed a Jordan, if you've missst a Highmore, if you've missed dare I even say it a Sam Berry, um, if you've missed a Campbell or a Goulden or any of these sort of guys, what's the number one priority? It's not fixing Neil. It's not fixing Gaff. It'd be nice too if some of these guys, maybe even a Caldwell. I don't know maybe maybe I'm going too risky, but to me I'd rather hold a Caldwell injured for a week if I'd missed two cash cows. I'd rather just his his price ain't moving. He ain't coming on as a medical sub. I'd rather get the cows right if you need to use two, and then address that a week after. Um, is that going too far, lads, or is that in that scenario? Because there are a lot of Caldwell owners who might be looking at a Stevenson, maybe not as much this week. Might be looking at a Tex for a couple of week plug and play maneuver. Again, each format different strategy. What's the right move if you've got an injured type like a Fife and a Caldwell? They're different, I know, but what should you be doing in those formats? MJ, I just want to say say one thing here to everybody. Yes. In Dream Team and Supercoach, if you do not own Jordan, Mm -hmm. Goulden, and a couple of others of those must-have rooks, and you're considering someone like a Tex Walker or someone else, 
uppercut yourself. These are the guys that you need to yeah. build the rest of your season in those formats. Yeah. Just go get that rookie and maximize. So if you've got a Caldwell in that, take him down to that Jordan or the yeah. Jordan or whatever it is at that lowest. Because you're banking that cash and in three or four price rises in those formats. He's going to be earning or priced at the same amount as what you started with with Caldwell. So yeah. you've taken the cash and you still got the cash to generate because it's he's the same price now. Yeah. So give yourself an uppercut if you're doing text because he's only a one to two week proposition. Okay. I agree. He's got a great dream team and super coach run. There's no worries about that. But he's a luxury trade if you've nailed all your rookies. Yeah. You do not choose text over a Jordan. Agree. I just wanted to make that absolutely clear to people. Yeah, it's that's good. the thing. And yeah, as well, I think on a text we haven't talked about too much is even if you've got, let's use probably the lowest end. Let's say an Anthony Scott type that probably is going to be a forty guy, right? Yeah. You know, and even maybe silly might not even play enough games to really even maximize cash. But let's just say he maxes out for sake of argument at a hundred k. For you to get to it. Text it's super simple. You need to invest 200 to get to text. Yep. And then how much is text going to make? Really, like realistically, if we look at it, I think if you've done really well in two weeks, you get 150k. Yeah, I think that's fair. Scott was going to give you 100k in about six weeks. Yeah. Now, there's a factor there of the points. You know, what's the points worth? You know, if just say for easy numbers, say text goes 100 for two weeks and you've pushed a rookie that was 50 to the bench you've made 100 points in two weeks. You've made quicker cash. Now, that sure. could be an argument amongst itself. But really, 150K is about the lower end of what we really want yeah. cash-wise. And you've used a trade to take a guy like Scott up to a walker or someone along those lines. Maybe it's a Caldwell sideways to a Tex walker. Yeah. Again, the thing that Rid said about if you've missed a proper cow, you take down 200, 300K in your kitty. They're going up. You've got a liquid asset that you can trade any week. On air. Now, the problem if you invest that in Walker is you have to trade Walker at that value back. So if an injury hits, yeah, you know that, that 300K is not sitting in the kitty for you to use it on a Zeeble, to use it on a Clark. It's invested in a Tex Walker. So for me, I find it really hard to see a person's situation where Tex Walker is their best option. Now, yeah. AF is totally different because sure. in a break-even game, Tex Walker's right up there in break-even and yep. he has better scoring power than nine of the 10 other rookies that are in the same break-even category as him. But when I look at the rolling formats where this window of big scores is literally, in my opinion, maybe two at best three weeks, Yep, I'm just struggling to see a scenario where you want to invest 300K is probably the most, most awkward price in the game because if he <laughs> makes more than 150k, he's playing so well that he's a keeper. He's right in that but ballpark. You, but then, you yeah. have to spend a lot of your cash Capital. to get him, and you can't just have it again. If it's sitting in the kitty, you can put 300k on anyone. You can put 100k on anyone. If you put that 200 into tax, that kitty's at zero or lower than it would be. Again, to get your money back, you need to move tax, and that's where I think there's maybe one side in a hundred that has all these different factors going mm. that Tex is the guy that they could use. 
but really 150k is not much when you think about what these guys are going to do. The real rookies that we've got this year. Yeah, it's an interesting point you bring up. Talk me through. Hey, Dave, yes. I need to have a rant first. Yes, here I comes the long run. Here it comes. You know I don't listen to podcasts. You I don't, know I, I don't, don't even think you I, listen to yourself sometimes. No, I don't. I, <laughs> I, I get tired of hearing myself repeating because I make so much sense that it makes me sick to think people don't listen to me. But if someone is telling you to trade in Stevenson last week, okay, mm. as an option. He's sure. a great option. He's da 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 da. And their advice right now, I have no idea if this is true or not. Sure. But from what I'm feeling like, people will now be knee jerk reaction and telling people to go Stevenson to Tex. Yep. This week, it's only been one game. Come on. You can't listen to that rubbish, yeah? Because you're not doing anything. You're not playing the game right. You're not getting any enjoyment out of it. We're talking about a great kid who can actually do stuff. He's got a break even of 58. In a poor performance, he still makes you money, yeah? Yes. Please hold Stevenson, people, in formats. If you've traded him in and you listened to people the week before and you brought him in, let the kid have a go. Don't be a doomsayer and a, I don't know how to promote. Like, you don't want to promote hate against kids, yeah? Of course or not. Even Anyone. Players. Yeah, no, not at all. It's a bloody DT score. Like, get over yourselves. Just enjoy watching the kid play football. He's great to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I love a Rids long rant, but I, I think when something like that is, is where you wrap up, man, I'm, I'm 100%. But it's it's crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely yeah. nuts that people one week ago forgot the advice they gave, he gave you and are now saying one week ago, Bring in Stevenson, bring in Stevenson, bring in Stevenson. One poor game, get rid of Stevenson, go to Tex, go to Tex, go to Tex. You know what they're going to do next week? Tex has get rid of Tex. a 60 point game, and maybe because he's playing okay, and get rid of Tex, go to the next guy. Who's the next guy? It might be Paddy Down next week again, and they might create another stupid song about it. <laughs> Whatever it is, just don't get caught in that hype. Vicious circle, okay? Yeah, no, I, I feel that. And, you know, thinking about Stevenson, again, it's it's a reverse of what we talked about earlier with Grundy, Degoe, Neil, this, this fueling the fire of guys that have poor weeks that, that gets under the rocket and it goes, if we as the simpleton as a fantasy coach see a player like Stevenson damaging in space, moving up and down the ground, don't you think opposition analysis sees this incredible work of a player and goes, Man, even though North didn't win the game for that first quarter, he was one of those real workhorse reasons that North were in that game up until quarter time against Port. What are the well, Gold Suns doing? Shutting down. Tag. Well, and no one at this point. Well, no you get to take Goldstein. Like, no, of course seriously, not. he's 85 years old and he's a dinosaur. He's, he's like, who's. Who else are people going to, as someone who actually a good young kid that breaks lines, that attacks football, that does things with ball in hand, he's highly skilled, he's highly talented. Of course you're going to tag him. He's the game breaker. You're not tagging Jack Zeeble, who doesn't even use it well in the background. You're not going to tag a Cunnington or an Anderson. Who's the game breaker? If North Melbourne were to win that game against Gold Coast, how would the narrative have got us there? Stevenson has 30 touches, kicks four goals. That's the way North Melbourne would have won the game. 
So of course but they now, look down on him. Everyone listened to poor advice and brought him in, okay? If you want to relate it to that. I'm not sure. saying it was poor advice at the time. It is poor advice if to you're me. listening to the same advice and trading him out one game later. Seven days later, yeah. It's, interesting thing. it's crazy, yeah? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I just, it just does my head in. Him, I love a long rant from you. We're still waiting to see Fox speaking of songs. I'm looking forward to this Fox song about Jack Higgins because he's been nowhere all preseason. So this better be a ripping song that he's giving us or a tribute or whatever it is because Fox extract the digit, mate. We need to see it. All right. Before we get to some of our Patreon questions, there's two players that I think we need to talk about. Jai Corwell, we know he's going to be a trade. So whether it's a all the way up to one of the big premiums across a line or whether you drop him down, look, there's some unique variables across his side. But there are two guys. One's definitely not playing this week. One, again, he's been Faganed where his coach has backed him in and he's talked to He's a little sore, but he's going, okay. I'm talking about Nat Fife, Patrick Cripps. Probably more relevant to super coach those two boys than the other formats, but you could build a case. Fife's heading for DPP in AFL fantasy if he can play enough games. And there may be a little bit of value uh, across the lines. Kane, what do we do with a guy like Cripps and Fife? Is it just the same as what we've talked about earlier? Or is there something unique about these two boys to consider? I'm going to fly through Fife, MJ. I think it's clear hold, sniped yep. off the ball. Was playing primarily forward, but really, when he goes into the midfield, even in burst, you could see it in his scoring in that type of game. He gets to 100. You've picked him for a reason. I don't think anyone's looking at bringing him in, but no. if you got him, you got him. You sit tight for this week. You should have enough depth on the bench. He plays on Sunday. You can even get a loophole away. You'll be totally fine. Now, Cripps interests me because we spoke about this a lot last year, MJ, with the numerous stuff we did to fill out the lockdown. And we spoke about the burden of Patrick Cripps and what it actually means to have some guys around him in the midfield that can take mm. some responsibility. Now, in previous years, that Rids had always flagged. Look how strapped up he is. Yeah. Look how beat down he is, even in his good games. There's always a knock. There's something. He's so physical, and he seeks out so much physical contact. And if you look at the scoring this year, he's had big quarters. He's had 40-point quarters. He's had 60, 65-point halves. Yeah. And then he's stopping. Now, Carlton's winless. I just think... Unfortunately, it's a bad pick. I think the 120 season is not going to happen quite clearly this year. 10 seems a stretch. But for me, you've just got to ride him out. If he becomes your M8 in Supercoach where he's primarily owned mm. and it's 100, like really, is it yeah. really worth the trade? You already got him at pretty good value. You had an injured game last year. So it's not like you're paying top price. You know, 120 price Crips where he's 650K. He's in the low to mid fives. So for me, even at this point in the season, it's not a massive need to trade out. Yeah. Also, these two bad games have happened around one and two. They're only going to be in the rolling for one and two weeks, respectively. Give totally. him three to four weeks. Let's see Carlton in potentially a couple of wins. If you look at their fixture, yeah. you can't trade him on the fixture. So for me, I it's clear, hold him, Crips. Just give him some more time. You picked him for a reason in your own head. You clearly probably picked him because you thought he was 20 points underpriced, yep. what he's done previously. Just let him go because there has been signs. There has been big quarters and big moments. 
And at the same time, he's played in two losses. Carlton hasn't really got going. Talk about pressure on a club. Um, I'd just say you're not losing much at that price tag. You might lose 75K at worst. Sure. Like, just let it ride out, push it down the road in this instance and make a decision in four weeks' time when you've got six weeks of data. You've got Zach Williams in the team now. You're going to see everything you want to see. Yeah. And I don't think you'll lose much by waiting. No, I think it's fair call. Uh, that fixture that Kane's alluding to this week, they come up against the Fremantle Dockers at Marvel Stadium the week later, potentially travelling up to the Gold Coast to take on the Suns at Metricon, although the likelihood on current uh, Rona Watch is... We know his record right? against the Suns, MJ. Very good against the <laughs> Suns. Uh, Port Adelaide the week after Brisbane, Essendon, and then it's the Bulldogs and the Ds before round 10 coming up against the Hawks. So, look, a couple of tricky matchups there. Not much attention horrible. going in there directly. No taggers. No. no. I'm going to throw something out here. Go, mate. Okay. There's two names I want to throw at you because I think there's only two names that might be the exception to the advice that Kane just gave them. Go for it. I'm going to throw probably two guys that may very well have six Brownlow votes right now in Bonton Pelly and Dustin Martin. Yeah. Mm. So, especially in Supercoach. I think if you have the dollars to get Crips to a Bontempelli or Dustin Martin right now, I think we've seen enough in the first two weeks to go, these guys are going to go well mm. in Supercoach especially. Um, they could easily be top two players in their lines at this point in time. So I if think you can do that in one trade, if you can do that in one trade, which for Dusty – most teams should just doing the quick numbers on it only costs your rids less than $18,000 to take Crips to Dusty. Mm. Obviously, yeah. Bont is Bont is closer to 100k, but again, a lot but of people did. Tra- so that's you a good well to a rookie. Yeah. So if you Correct. Well, and even people who went like- danger to Dusty last week, rids pocketed themselves, you know, 70-odd K as well. So yeah. that's 100% correct. So if you yeah. if we're going in that case, those yeah. two names, just those two names, I'm not going to throw any other names. It's yeah. those two names specifically right now. Is Dugowie in that same conversation? Uh, Dugowie is not in the Dusty and the Bontempelli, but you yeah, the other one reads. to go to them. <laughs> <laughs> The trade-up perspective. Um, but he's not really a trade option, to be honest. Like, I mean, Very he's, luxury. He's just a gut feel, isn't it? Like, people are going Elliot's out, the goalies up forward, kicking goals. Yeah. Like, I mean, I understand moving him on, and I'm contemplating it myself. But he's not uh, – what? what's the worst thing that happens? He's fit, he's looking good, he's yeah. impacting. The ball's moving quickly into forward lines. Like yes, he's going to average more than what he has. Imagine if he played in the second half forward. last week, Ritz. He was exactly. only on 78 at halftime. <laughs> I don't think. So imagine he, if he puts it together. Yeah, it's true. I don't think he's a must trade anywhere, really. No. I don't it's see the risk in waiting. It's a luxury, yeah? Yeah. It's so got the I'm last buy be... as well. So, worst case scenario, it's a pretty easy move at his buy. Yeah. Um, my dream team right now, and I'm going to give a little bit of um, an inside for people who listen to the podcast. So shh, don't tell people it, what I'm doing. Dream team. I have nailed my team. Okay, That's not good I, news given you won it last year. No one wants to oh, yeah, hear don't that, worry about that. No, no, don't worry about that. But I've got nine out of the ten best 
money-making break-evens oh, right now. Well, bring on 2022. I've never started danger. I haven't used to trade yet. Oh, fair I don't need to trade this week. I don't have any problems in the team. I am actually contemplating going to go to text this week in Dream Team, only Ooh. Dream Team, as my only trade. And that would give me the whole 10 out of 10 best break-evens in Dream Team. Cool. So that's a luxury trade all day. But the reality is I've got all the other options. I have absolutely no issues at the moment. I just need – that's a good interest in – option for me at the moment that just makes like everyone hate it. you if they didn't hate no, you no, for no. a rant before i'm not saying that <laughs> no you're not i'm not saying it I know. A, wow me i'm saying it in a that's the position you need to be if you're in, in that position to, to make that contemplate the goey, if that makes sense perfect illustration again that's not that's not the character of who you are no absolutely it's just me potting you because i can and um i'm waiting for your power stance comment to just come back in three to no, 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 we're going to move on to some no, of no, no. I don't need to, mate. I don't need to at all because no, you, I mean, you saw what happened to the bunch of losers after that, anyway. Oh, shots fired, and I well, love it. Let's go to the questions. Then. Thank you. Thanks for saving my behind, Kane, and not looking like I'm trying to deviate. All right, these questions have come to us via our Patreons. If you want to get uh, incredible support, uh, help, content, podcasts, um, and access to getting these questions on the podcast and a bunch of other stuff too, uh, you can join the Patreon supporter group at coachespanel.tv. All right, first question straight out of the ranks. Throw it to you, Kane. An AFL fantasy question from Lachlan. He says he's got the luxury of no forced trades in AFL fantasy. I'm going to presume that means he's nailed the cows. So that's the assumption we're moving on. He's looking to move on a couple of mid prices to another great generating cash cow and to bring in Josh Dunkley. These are the four players he'd like to throw up to get to mm-hmm. these two. Dugowie, yep, Clark, Stevenson, and Phillips. Now, potentially Lachlan might not answer this, ask this question after some of the quests, the phrases that have come through there. But if he's got his heart yeah. sold on these, on a Dunkley and an ice break even cow, which of that combination of four do you feel like you could get most behind to get him there? I'm not touching Phillips. Yeah. I'm just leaving Phillips as is, straight off the bat. Um, now, now, the funny thing is I'm pretty confident, like most people, he probably brought in Stevenson last week. Yeah, he would have. I think I think at the value that Clark is, you got to give him another week. He plays yeah. the Hawks. Now, caveat, you know, is he staying the team with yeah. Duncan coming back, Menegola? Menegola back, yeah. That's a flag. Um, yep. I think obviously the hard part is what I'm about to say next is it's probably Dugowie and um, Stevenson for mine. Now, the issue with that is Jordan Clark plays on Monday. Mm-hmm. These guys are locked in on Thursday and Friday, Your respectively. Yeah. And it's also early Friday. It's not the Adelaide Suns game that's after. You actually yeah. will not know past Friday teams. Well, and if you're Saying trading Dugowie out... You're locked out of any trade moves that you could make from game one. Well, yeah, if he's going, if he needs, but if he goes to go to a cow MJ, he could go, yeah, yeah, you're right, in a sense that he's lost one of his trades. Mm. Um, I think at this stage, that's what I would do. I would back that if I lost Jordan Clark, I'll just have to play a Tommy Highmore or a Kazitsky for a week, and so be it. Yeah, um, I just think that Clark 
there's a game in there for him on a more consistent basis where he can go 70, 80 for you. Whereas Stevenson, um, you know, he's he's nearly 100K more than Clark MJ. Yeah. So really that cash sort of bolted in a way for mine. But I think I'd love to see his team on totality and see if there's something else because really I'm not super keen. As good as Dunks is, yep. you know, definitely think he's you know i've been leading the parade for yes, the have. whole preseason yes you have. i felt one out but again it's afl fantasy so yeah. i'd love to see if there's someone else where i can keep stevens and i can keep clark and i can keep filler and maybe use the goey like rid said he's a tex walker your guy there and something else on the cash cow front i know he said yeah. he's nailed it all but just and again he might have but just maybe there's check. a robertson he could go and grab this week yeah because maybe there's something else you can just do yeah, I just I don't love moving Stevenson, but if I had to pick two of that crew, it'd be good. All right, fair enough. A dream team question for you, Rids. This one comes from Phelan. Uh, he said he uh, he took the gamble and went for Will Brody. It hasn't paid off, uh, which is uh, safe to say. It just hasn't quite worked out like we saw in the preseason. Um, so he feels the corrective trade is in order for him. But Caldwell got injured, so he's tossing up between a couple of names. One of them you mentioned already in a Taylor Walker. But the other names he's also looking at to consider is a Zach Butters and a highly underrated Isaac Smith, who's putting together a nice little season for yeah. us in Dream Team and Fantasy. What would you be doing to feel? And it seems like he's saying Caldwell and Brody are the two trades. What's that option he should be considering as one of those kind of premium candidates? I wouldn't go Isaac Smith. Okay. Um, it's got to be Zach Butters, doesn't it? I don't yeah. care about the other options. I really don't care. Zach Butters is the best player out of the three of them. Yep. Fair He's enough. the one that you want to own. He's the one that's going to give you enjoyment in watching. He's the guy, isn't he? Yeah. I, I, I think he's probably more tailored towards Supercoach as more, but I think in DT, he's still going to be a really nice oh, option for you. I'll tell you what, MJ, he's still looking at Like, if he... He may be more tailored to a super coach because he's might be a 110 super coach option to a 90, 95 deep. That's not a bad outcome. That's not a bad outcome at all. I, I, I think you're on the money on that one. Uh, an AFL fantasy question for you, Kane, comes from Peter. He says last week he brought in Caldwell. Oh, that stings. Um, and now he's having to trade and move him on again. Um, he's banked mm-hmm. some extra cash. So he, rather than kind of finding himself getting torn between another halfway home, this is me paraphrasing his question, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's genuinely considering moving up all the way up to a Jackson McRae instead of making cash. What's your take on that? I like McRae, MJ. I think a lot of people <laughs> like McRae. Um, I think it was one of those things as well that when people saw this Bulldog team in action now, they're realising that the narrative that a lot of people had for the whole preseason that these guys can't coexist. Yeah, It's actually amazing. When you've got more good ball winners and good users, you can actually um, hold on to the ball longer. Who would have thought? Who would have um, thought? I think, as I said, I've just spoken about build your team. You know, is, a hunt, is 300K plus to get from Caldwell to McRae the best thing you can do totality and everything. Can you split that 150 and put 150 on, I'll just use an example, Caldwell to Butters yeah. and then someone to someone else. So again, love McRae. Think straight up, you're going to get a really nice score this week versus North. Yeah, Everything looks good for an instant impact. But just, again, keep that mindset that it's AF. 
in DT, super coach, you know, top, top player in his line, yeah. lock him away. Yeah, but yeah. Just, just have a look, think a little bit more creatively. Don't just close your mind, I need McRae. Because let's be honest, at the price he's at, he's at really top dollar for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no, there's no value per se. You're getting what you pay for, which is great. And again, top eight mid in my mind, no doubt. Yeah. But there's some guys that are 15, 20, even 25 points unders and might get you a better result short term and that building that squad. So like it, but just have that other look about what you can do across the board with all the stuff we've said in this pod. Yeah, nice one. Okay, before you ask the question, next question, just a quick mm. one on that one. I would love to know who his captaincy option was last mm. week. Yeah. Is McRae going to become the captain, the guy. captain option? Yeah. Because if that's the reason why, then that's the move. Yeah, that becomes yeah, another variable in it. The only yeah. reason. Absolutely. You know, so if he's, if he's tired of those 90 captains and he just wants to have the guy with a decent option as the VC or the Just captain, the safe guy every week, yeah. McRae's the guy then. Yeah, yep. I think that's a really nice Makes little sense. caveat. Really, really good call. Um, we've talked a little bit about trading, um, Neil, but I'm going to throw out the scenario that um, Rick has got for you, Rids, because I think it's an interesting distinction that he brings out for us. This is his trade scenario. Neil and A5, not Nat, A5 from the Gold Coast Sun. So a, a non-playing option he's picked. He wants to bring in Ridley and Dusty. Is that does that change yeah. anything for you through there? No, because wait a second, that doesn't equate. What are we? What's he talking about? I think he might have some money in the it's bank if he's able to pull that off. Money. Another two hundred cash in the bank. He's got some cash in the bank. So, hundred two and seven twenty is eight twenty versus one point, nearly one point one. That's like um trying to pick between my old Hilux or my. Brand new, new Porsche, and then losing eight hundred thousand out of the bank or something. <laughs> I like, like I that's a, become my accountant, I, Peter. Well, I don't understand how that works. He's like, got to have cash in the bank. There's no other way. It the bank. Yeah, so it can't be. I'm just going to swap this guy and then a non-playing rookie at the hundred and two thousand, and I'm going to land myself the two best options. That doesn't work like that. You've got to go, well, what is the better thing? If I've got cash in the bank, if you go a downgrade, you might be able to upgrade someone to a Dusty. Yeah. And then you might go another downgrade up. You're not moving your loophole. Then, Dave. That's clearly a loophole. Again, it's five. We know it's a strategy it's a change. It's a, it's a DPP basement loophole. Yeah. You know, there's there was strategy in that. Again, I had five for that reason. But when I saw the way my team was going, I went to a Ford one in Saunas. And again, yeah. I've spoken about why I thought that was the right move. Mm-hmm. That That's a piece. Again, I know he's not playing, but he plays a role in your team. I just don't see how at this stage, there's got yeah, to be but- another way to get a rookie in. Mm. Or again, in this case, if you've, you've robbed a bank the previous week or you started with cash in the bank, um, I'd just be it looking at something else. No, it, it is confusing me. All right, Rick, send us a message trades. and we'll help MJ, you. MJ, there's four trades and you can get Dusty and Ridley and Keith. Neil, yeah, in four trades, you may yes. end up using five or six to trade out Neil to get the other two to bring Neil back in. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I think it's a really important point. Send us that, a message. Yep, send us a message, Rick. We'll help Screen you. Mate. The team. That's the benefit yeah. of being a Patreon, mate. We're here to help. All right, Ian McCraig, longtime supporter of the coaches panel. Love this man. He is an incredible human being. He's got gaff in Dream Team. 
Oh Moment of silence. Reds, I'm just going to go off here. So you, you can take this one. <laughs> He's given us a couple of options. It's a, and this is a really great point that he mentions. It's affecting my ability to watch him and enjoy fantasy footy. So that's a nice little context for you there. Um, he, he's given up a couple of suggestions for trades. These are the mids he's already got. He's already can got I, can I guess there's ones in there? Can he, is his Brayshaw? Brayshaw is one of them. They're on the list. Yeah, Brayshaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy Brayshaw. Anyone fun? Anyone to watch? Brayshaw right one. Yeah, Brayshaw and Titch are his suggestions. He already owns Macca, um, Merritt, and Taranto. Who are you going for, Rids, for a gaff trade? Because we know you're saying trade. Is it Brayshaw or Titch in Dream Team? Well, when I watch movies, I much prefer watching movies with attractive women in it. Oh, here we go. So, who's the woman you find attractive the most? Who's the guy you like out of that list that you like to watch the most? There's your answer. Okay. You don't need me to tell you what you like. You might like Rangers. I don't know. Like, <laughs> just go for it. Oh, I need to move on really quickly. Uh, Jason has a super coach question for you, Kane. Uh, he, he wants to know what should he do with Tom Green? He's already had two trades that he's made with Dangerfield and Rao last week. He's now looking to move on Tom Green. Green. This is, of course, before teams are out mm. and whether or not he's going to get named. So, if let's run the gauntlet of if he's not named, what should he do with Tom Green in Supercoach? Well, let's go through our little hierarchy that we've set in this podcast. What cows are you missing? Yep. Are you missing the key cows? Let's call them what Rid sort of said the top 10 negative break even cows under 200K. If there's someone there that you don't have, go get it. Pretty simple. Now, I'm not opposed with the cows you should have on the bench. You got a loophole player there playing yeah. Sunday night. You've you got pretty that much last got your, with him. You've pretty much got your pick of the litter. Mm. Um, I don't know people who had him, and they they were very happy taking a Sam Berry 69-70. It was more Even than Tom Green scored yeah. in the first week. So I haven't quite ruled out that Tom Green makes a reappearance and maybe does the role you thought he'd do because. Yeah. He scored a 50, but his time on ground was in the low 60s. Yeah. Now that club is, they cannot get the mix right. No. Unfortunately for a lot of them, it's in the way the list was built. There's Mm. so many same-sames and so many guys that aren't duplicitous. You've seen how well Port Adelaide, they've got that Richmond style where so many guys can go forward, back, inside, outside, and they can roll them through and mix them through, and everyone gets involved, everyone gets a touch. The, the poor Giants, they're all the same, and you see it when a Whitfield's out. It's so much same, same. So for me, check your hierarchy. What have you got? Have you got the cows? Yep. Now, if you've got some cash, depending how much you've got, you can even start pushing a green to a butters in one trade. You can start yeah. doing a few things like that, and I see that's where the appeal is. If you can't do that in one trade, though, I'd just be sitting tight. Use your bench, use your loopholes, and just see what's going on and just give yourself a bit more time. I haven't quite ruled out that Tom Green's going to make you that 100K, but it is a very awkward range. But again, you knew that going in. So you maybe you did have an eject button that you can press to get out of it. Yeah. 
Not I like it, man. There's some good thoughts there. I think, Stephen, your question about maximizing cash generation, kind of answer that for you, man, so we'll keep moving on. Sarah's got a question for AFL Fantasy for your rids. She's happy with all of her rookies, but she needs to trade out Caldwell due to it. With her second trade, though, she's wondering, does she play the break-even game? Uh, and again, some of the best break-evens you can find at coachespanel.tv. Or... With Lloyd not quite being at the territory she paid for, could she maybe look at freeing up a little bit of cash there to be able to turn uh, Caldwell up to the player she wants? What, what's your take on skimming off a Lloyd who hasn't quite delivered as yet in Dream Team and Fantasy anywhere near the big heights we'd hoped? Well, I wouldn't, I don't terribly disagree with that option. I just say, though, just keep it on the draw. You've got yeah. Richmond at the MCG, then you've got Essendon the week after, who aren't really travelling too well. Yeah, These these two fixtures might be Jake Lloyd's making of this season. So yeah. um, it's a tough one. I, I wouldn't say definitely no, though. If you could turn a Jake Lloyd into um, a decent back and then move Caldwell for a... I don't know, a Dusty or a Butters or something or like something. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not an awful option. And AF, anything goes, really. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Speaking of AF, SDK has a question for you, Kane. Uh, he's thinking of doing uh, Green to Campbell. Uh, don't mind that move. I think that's fine. Campbell's mm-hmm. still got some money to make. Um, the next is a luxury, and he's not sure if he's going too far into the break-even reading of the tea leaves. Jordan yep. Clark probably to a Blake Hardwick. Same game. So if Clark's dropped or missed or whatever, talk to me about whether we're reading too much into these one or two week popping of scores. Well, there's a few factors here, MJ. He's been a kickout taker and he's just lost his partner in crime that was taking kickouts in Will Day. So crazy enough, there is potentially an upside that he even get three more kicks a game. Now, he had 15 marks on the weekend, which is outrageous and seems unsustainable. But I guess it's how long do you think you need him in the side to achieve what he's going to do? Because clearly, like a Tex Walker, the play is this guy's going to give me good scoring and cash. And in two or three weeks, I'm going to jump off and I'm in a better position. Again, I don't hate it. It's just always tricky to work out maybe what your expectation is and how your side is set up because if you've got a bunch of these guys and you have to you only get off two of them a week if you got markov if you got tex if you got fantasia hardwick if you go so mid-price crazy your windows become really short for jumping off um i definitely don't hate him he's a player that i i did look at um but i just think in the back line for me it didn't really work but again not opposed i'm, I'm not opposed in short i think as there's a chance for it he just is a bit more on the pricier end because he actually has been a pretty competent scorer in the past, but obviously this is a new level that he's showing right now. Yeah, it's a good one for you. Adam's got a question, Rids, for you. Does it? It's not format specific. Again, none of these players, uh, with the exception of one, has been named uh, at uh, time of recording. Sorry, not two is wrong. Who's the next rookie that we should be targeting? Is it Perkins from Essendon, Phillips from North Melbourne, Devon from the Lions, who we know these he and Phillips have been confirmed by their respective clubs, and Downey. 
who are the rookies we should be considering that are in the next wave for our teams? Uh, you should be considering the rookies that score the most that have the highest break-evens, negative break-evens. Break yeah. Yeah, focus the on that, not negative. the numbers, guys. How, how's that going? Highest negative. That's like, that's there a you go. definite. That's a definite bonus. Uh, well, I like that. I like that. It's fair enough. Question for you. So last one, we'll throw it to you, Kane, uh, because Craig's asked a question of should you trade out Gaff? The answer is yes, mate, and absolutely go get Brayshaw if that's who you like. So well done to you. But Brendan wants to know, Kane, dream team question. His, tra- his team structure is good, but, he's, but he has missed some rookies. Jordan's the obvious one to bring in. So that's yeah. the one he's going to do. But would you chase mm. Berry or Lazaro or Lazaro? Um, the two going out for him would be Sharp, Scott, and Bruin. Who's the one out of those two? Berry or Lazaro? Knowing uh, they both this play is, on this is a tricky player. one, MJ, because I've got a similar situation, and this is where it gets hard for me because Berry, in my instance, is is sort of that perennial sixty type of guy. So really, this is where I think I don't see high urgency on it for a trade. Like I know you've missed a rookie, but Scott, unless he's dropped this week, he's probably going to make you 50, 60, 70K, hang around. He's got DPP. Like, are you really going to do a trade just to make 100K maybe at best with Barry? That's sort of one of those ones where if that's the rookie you've missed in Barry, I'm not opposed to just letting him slide by and, and hoping that Scott makes a few more weeks cash and then, you know, maybe a Devin Robinson is ready or, or someone else has come through like a Downey. Um, Barry's certainly down at the lower priority and I know Crouch is, you know, TBC at the moment, but um, it doesn't seem like a guy. Man, what do you think about Barry? Is he a guy that you need really in your team or is he just a guy that if you're moving a Scott, like and that, that does seem luxury that maybe in yeah. three weeks time you can do something more creative with it. Yeah. I, I think if, if it's a, a Scott type, look, Barry's got one area of the game where he's really good as a kid. And that's the defensive pressure and the tackling. You don't lead the AFL's tackles after two weeks as a two-game player and that not be your sweet spot. So that's what the Crows loved about him was just that attack the man, team pressure. It's clearly what they're wanting. They've seen clubs like a Richmond, like a Port Adelaide that have had levels of success, albeit Richmond's had the ultimate success over the number of years, is that team pressure. So I think they love that about him. I think he's going to be fine. He's a 50-year-old guy. Him, no, I, I wouldn't trade into him if I was missing him, but neither would I do the same with Lazaro. I, I, I don't think he's the guy that I would trade in for either. I think between now and the next four weeks' time to go, what's the scoring gap between a Scott and these two? I think it's comparable for the most that's part. I mean. Probably not worth that's the it. trade. Good Bruin spot for either MJ. If that's the, if that's, yeah, but at the same time, just let him hang around. I just... You picked him at, at the start of the year. So I, I just know it's in. luxurious because price haven't moved, but you can do some creative stuff in a few weeks when people aren't trading. You know what I mean? If Correct. people get to these moments, I think They're you can... Conservative, I'd rather yeah. sideways... This is what I'd rather do every day. I'd rather sideways a premium and have an extra premium in a buy round than do that trade. Yeah, fair enough. I think yeah. the other thing, MJ, with those two, though, is... Who is out of that team and coming in and will impact the scoring potential of those two? Mm. We know Cunnington comes back. We know Dumont comes back for North Melbourne. We know Crouch comes back for Adelaide. I just, we know Haightley will come in at some stage. At some point. I just wouldn't be confident with these guys. If you haven't got them now, they're not going to 
Yeah, don't trade into them. Security is no better. Yeah, that's the you thing. Know? You're trading into them, so no for mine. Yeah, if you've if got them, trade, fine. Trading into them, no. Yeah, if you got them, it's great. Nice. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Yep. All right, there you go. They, they are just some of, in fact, most of our questions that have come through. A couple of them, we've, I think we kind of answered them for you, Patreons, as they've come through. All right, boys, it's, it's been a big episode, a long episode, but hopefully it's helped you with your fantasy footy side, no matter the format you choose to play. Kane, as always, a pleasure chatting fantasy footy with you, man. No worries, MJ. Enjoyed it. Great to All chat right. with you, Rids, as well. Yeah, thank you, Rids. In text, we trust, mate. In text, we trust. <laughs> I'll turn you into a crow supporter one day, mate. It might take a lot of money, but I'll get you there one day. Hey, if you want to go and uh, check out this a podcast episode again or any of the other we've done throughout the season or preseason, you can go and check that out now at uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Articles have been dropping all throughout this week. Great weekend wrap-up for Supercoach. John's been writing for us. You can get those uh, midweek waiver lookouts. Jordox has got you covered with that. We've got the break-evens and a bunch of other stuff. Always dropping at coachespanel.tv. And while you're there, you can also check out all the links to join our Patreon supporter group. Coachespanel.tv is the place you want to be. Hey, it's an interesting long week of footy. Thursday night through to Monday. So a lot of patience is going to be needed. And it's going to be frustrating if you have some slow starts to the week till that Monday night lockout list. But that's okay. It's one of the reasons we love the game. Good luck this week. I hope your captain kills it and crushes it for you and you win rookie roulette for the first time, hopefully for you in 2021. Good luck. We'll chat to you soon.